0: Hello listeners from Indev Podcast this is Donald. I just wanted to let you know that at the end of our podcast we had to um wrap up the recording really quickly because we were um We lost our recording space uh, in an impromptu basis. We didn't know ahead of time. We were supposed to have more time, um, but we were forced to wrap up a few minutes before um, we were wrapping up. So I do apologize in advance for the very short end to this edition of our podcast. Um, That being said, um, please do enjoy because the meat and potatoes of this podcast are still there. So once again, um, my apologies for the end of this podcast being so quickly and hastily wrapped up. Um, but uh, I still do hope that you enjoy this edition of the in Podcast. in meaning humanity, which is always in development. Welcome to InDev Podcast, Episode 6, where humanity, and in this case tech, are always in development. We're a peculiar blog functioning as a subsidiary of Upbound Online. You can find InDev on the net at InDev.news. That's I-N-D-E-V dot N-E-W-S. You can also find us on your typical social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at in news, no dot this time, just in dev news. Again, this is in dev podcast talking about CES Consumer Electronics Show 2016. Our favorites, and I am here why, with a co host. Oh, oh no, oh, you on. just co host r- here. Oh, I was going to introduce always, you as, and all. Uh-huh. As
1: always, your co host Anthony. Um, I'm interrupting. You. you always give it a little bit of a. Like a like a nighttime talk radio vibe. Of course, it, it's like I should just now, drop my bass. We're, we're we're getting to the to the meaty part of this podcast. I'm like we're just introducing the topics, and you're already blowing them. Asleep.
0: Kiss <laughs> FM. Nah.
1: No, no, okay. no! You okay. can't! You can't! It's the beginning. Save that to the end. So, <laughs> disclaimer: my previous a prediction i think it was in episode 2 it might have been in episode 1 but my previous prediction that we would be live on the ground at CES 2016 may have been a little bit inaccurate yeah just a little bit so just we a were touch. we were we were live in a sense you know we were aware of the of the environments and the things around us
0: but yeah, the the internet's a beautiful tool, isn't it?
1: yeah, yeah, there's no need to really go there because you can basically get the entire experience around the world. It doesn't matter, so we were live in in one sense of the
0: word we were there in spirit
1: exactly, and that's all that matters, really
0: yeah, um by the way, I just want to say this is the um the first podcast that you and I have had in a while. Yeah. Um, I did a special edition um top 10 that I'm going to post through the through the podcast It's a little special edition thing that I did in collaboration with BBB um uh, that's another uh friend of mine who does a blog uh called Legally Black and does mostly m- movie reviews and we were trying to we had a lot of scheduling conflicts and where he was they're coming out of Trinidad and it was really rainy so I'm gonna post that up because I did a little special one, and it's posted up on his channel. But I'll, I'll release it to our 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 listeners, um, which is now ten ten listeners and growing um, per oh, yeah. which is nice. Um, but you know, I also uh, posted the Star Wars a little Star Wars spoiler talk geek talk with a good friend of mine, Jessica. Um, but before that, we haven't done the podcast in a while because things have been changing since the 14th, my friend.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been busy. It's well, been I, busy,
0: busy. I month. miss you. Okay. Did
1: I you, don't miss you that much. You, not gonna lie, I've you know, been. It, it's been a relief. Uh, in fact, it's uh, been a relief.
0: It's it. How could you? How could you?
1: It, I mean, I'm just letting like I'm just letting the listeners know. You
0: know. Without you, my friend.
1: Oh, no. Please,
0: Until no. You, you know what's, tell
1: what's cool you. about CES that doesn't include you singing?
0: <laughs> what? Um, what?
1: Gadgets and gizmos and a plenty. Nice you know, forced got,
0: segue, my friend.
1: Yeah. So, you've got dinglehoppers and gizmos and, and gadgets. Are you
0: you've 70? Got, I mean, I know I'm a grandpa, in, but hoppers.
1: Yeah. So... A lot of the thing uh, CES has traditionally been the kind of um, trade show that is very ambitious. You've got all these uh, startup companies displaying their wares for the press. Um, and, you know, it tends to be kind of the the first time you'll hear about a product and the last time you'll hear about that same product because <laughs> a lot of these things tend to be vaporware. I'm not going to say a lot of them, but vaporware, there there have been that? notable... So vaporware is essentially a product that is announced and it's you know talked about but it just sort of fades into nothingness it never materializes that's why they call it vaporware as opposed to like software and hardware vaporware is just something that never becomes you know
0: mm-hmm. or underwear
1: yeah or underwear you know of course underneath mm-hmm. the uh the outerwear and the <laughs> the winter wear that we're currently wearing
0: i'm assuming that's different from concept booths and like concept things yeah like, it's you know, it's
1: different from i can't think of any concrete examples off the top of my head but it's different because sometimes they'll announce you know working for pro- like oh we have this idea for a thing but this is just a tech demo and there's no we don't have a real goal uh just yet for this product we just know? have an
0: r&d budget yeah we just have money to burn
1: yeah basically um so there are a lot of things that i saw this week but none of the none of the things that interested me the most from this year's CES happened to be those kind of little gizmos and gadgets. Because, you know, you got the smartwatches, the fitness bands, all this nonsense that we've already... You know, we're past that at this point. I'm more interested in the Internet of Things as a general category. And there have been a lot of developments in that area that I think are really cool.
0: Really? No. Hmm? hmm? Well, I was really compelled by... Some of the phone stuff that came out um but really, I was interested in some of the um the drone things that were out there um some of the v- vi- a few video game things, and a lot of the audio stuff was really captivating me um so i mean my my oh wait, you so i mean internet of things too, but you know that uh, that t v That TV, TV? that that Samsung TV with like a a twenty one and a half inch, I think, Tizen tablet essentially on the front, but it's custom software. Did you see that?
1: I did see something about Samsung with a ninety something inch TV or whatever, and then someone else wrote an article. I saw a headline about why we shouldn't laugh at Tizen anymore as an operating system. I didn't really give it a look because I'm not interested in Tizen and no no article can convince me otherwise yeah it might be cool and everything but it just wasn't on my radar yeah
0: but but you but hear me out i'm not, i'm not sure if i said this um it's in a fridge my dude
1: oh i did see that yep
0: that's yep. cool yep.
1: yep that okay so like. yeah but that ties in more to the internet of things thing that i was thinking of because i was thinking the smart tv sort of fad is kind of like uninteresting um mm. because we have all these connected boxes that just have the functionality of a smart tv without the need to you know get a whole new device that's expensive and poor quality like my experience with smart tvs thus far has been horrible they're not good for anything that i need them to do we have even um, basic streaming well no basic streaming is fine but like there's a 60 inch one in uh our common room kitchen um in, in my dorm and I decided, you know, I want to play some video games up there, and I hooked up my Xbox to play Destiny, and the input latency was just horrifying, you know? Hmm. So this is a very expensive, very large smart TV that can't even get one of the, the premium features of good TVs and good monitors. Like, input latency is important, even if you're not playing video games. It's just all that processing power that's going towards the the smart part of the tv could have been better spent you know on yeah. actual display but you know that's that's whatever i think that the fridge is cool
0: yeah like i was wait by the way when you said that that fridge ties in to the of <laughs> things i was like huh, huh.
1: that i mean yeah that was subtle i i intended to <laughs> do that
0: <laughs> huh.
1: it does it does tie it it ties in to you know the internet of things because the the thing that's always interested me about computing in general is this idea that in the future we're gonna have technology just everywhere and it'll be um, useful Um, so as, as a child I've always like thought what if we what if like this this couch just had a way to communicate Um, to like the thermostat so that if, if it recognizes that I'm really warm, it'll like lower, lower down the, the, the temperature in the room, you know, like things like that. And that's what the internet of things kind of promises with all these small sensors and really, um, affordable mini computing systems. You can really sort of get that stuff going.
0: Yeah. Um, just to use, um, that, that fridge as an example, you, it has a bunch of cameras inside the fridge. And with the tablet, that that big screen, if you will, I think you can do stuff like display pictures and things like that. So kind of like post-it notes and report cards and pictures. Um, And there's still space for that, like a good old-fashioned analog way of doing that. But um, you can actually look into your fridge without opening it. So you're not, you know, sending out the cold air. I remember getting cussed out for that when I was a youngin'. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can actually label um, everything that's in there and for expiry dates as well and then you can also hook it up to your smartphone and so when you're out and about um, you can tap into it and see all oh, I say you know you want to cook uh, well do I do I need this ingredient do I have this do I have this and obviously it's not like a 3d you know spherical view of what's in there but you know you can tell generally speaking what's in your fridge um, and then you can also see whether or not the thing that was in there, is like due to expire based on what you told it um and then once it's out um once you're out of something you can actually purchase stuff right through the right through the through the tablet and now with the recent amazon prime now mm-hmm. you know that's like you can get stuff delivered like basics like you know food basics and things within a day um you know a couple hours if it's you know supported in your area so i think that's really cool and where i'd like to see it expand is on something where like you can automatically have it reorder eggs or something and you can like program a time delay if you will oh it sees that the eggs are not there or you tell it that the eggs are not there from your your app and then um it just orders eggs automatically with your like your amazon account or some i don't know some local vendor i guess yeah. that would be pretty you know
1: and i think i've seen i mean for a handful of years now it's been this th- that the smart fridge has been an idea like a concept where you know things like it, it'll know everything that's in your fridge when you put it in because we have the technology to do that now with barcode scanning and stuff the camera can just scan the the item it'll know what you have in there and let's say you're at work and you want to know okay what what can i make for dinner with what i have it'll look at all the stuff you have in there and it'll find recipes and incorporate those items and if you're missing an item it'll say oh you need to pick up this and it you know you can order it can order it automatically for you you know amazon whatever have their drones deliver it to your door so when you get home you pick up the package go inside boom you've got your dinner just like ready to be prepped and i think that is not far away that future is basically right now we have all the capability to do that and we're going to see people integrate um a lot of these concepts more and more and i think that's really awesome
0: yeah as you you guys may not know um but anthony is a, a crockpot user mm-hmm. um didn't want to say crockpot user that'd be too easy <laughs> and there this wasn't even well, C- well
1: hold on uh-huh. technically my crock pot actually did get a crack in it so currently <gasps> i am a crack pot user
0: oh god cr- technically yeah. if you want to be correct, a cracked pot a cracked user. pot user is that a is that a, a crack head that's cracked i don't even know um <laughs> let's get out of the twilight zone here so wait really it cracked oh well, i hope they yeah, improve I that i don't te-
1: know i don't know how the heat like it's ceramic so i don't see how the heat would have caused it to crack, but it's got a huge split up the side. Um so I have to get a new one.
0: That is very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I'm I didn't know so that was sorry. possible.
0: Um yeah, well, you know, he is a cracked pot user. And something that um you may not know about Anthony, uh I didn't even come out in CES. But there is a smart crock pot. What? A smart crock pot, and you, you hook up, you cut up to your home Wi Fi, and you use a controlled app for it. And how it works is you can set it to different temperatures throughout the day, what? and it automatically cooks it, like you say, for over even up to like 18 hours or something like that. And you can come back home, and it's all ready and done for you
1: dude that is precisely because so i got a new one that's like it was like a 50 something dollar crock pot it's got digital like timers and stuff you can set it so that it, it has two temperatures high and low and you can set the timer so that after a certain period of time of the cooking at the temperature it'll just go to the keep warm setting automatically but if i could control it wherever i am like if i'm at work i can control the temperature manually that would be a game changer
0: yeah, especially for employers, because we'd all be in our crockpot apps and we all get fired. <laughs> but yeah, that so I mean that's just a fraction of what like we were seeing at CES. Like one one thing, and I am I am gonna pull a lot from like a lot of the coverage that was there because clearly we weren't able to you know go to CES. Um, but Linus Tech Tips reported, and I am sure others did on this bmw no
1: credits to linus tech tips they got it first
0: you we we got it first
1: we got it first it's an exclusive in dev exclusive
0: okay well for the for the rest of us who don't like um liable and and being sued (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, uh, so linus tech tips actually reported on uh, i'm sure others did uh, the bmw booth and they had a concept car that was a smart car. Now we've been toying with this idea even in dev. Who was actually at Engadget Live 2015 uh, reported on Ford Sync and you know it's a new dashboard. But the the idea of this concept car, and I think it's BMW. I'm gonna confirm that they have like the sort of like panel display across the entire dashboard. There's virtually no buttons. There's some on the when uh, on the wheel, some on the left-hand side of the driver's seat and that's really it and there's like a screen for the passenger and it has an autonomous mode where it it just it shows you the information that is most useful for the passenger as well as for the driver it might have you know a route mile per hour um various types of information Um, suggested contacts to call for the passenger, you know, local restaurants as you pass by, things like that. And then what's cool is you can put it a manual mode and then the the display strings to more focused things for the driver and maybe perhaps more expanded for the passenger. And the idea was that BMW wanted the technology to disappear. And so like all these buttons and gizmos, like you can use the technology and make it incredibly powerful, but you um, have it sort of invisible so it doesn't intrude and that's why they had that autonomous mode and that they even focused on just the curvatures of the car so that i think the person who was reporting on it said that their first inclination when they got in the thing was to lean on the middle seat and have a conversation with the passenger um because the technology wasn't getting in the way i think that's pretty cool um but it doesn't end there um there's like a smart garage type situation going on where it's like here's like the the power of the internet of things right like the car um there's or maybe another model and I could it may not be BMW, I'm, I'm trying to search for it but I can't find it but the car is in a garage let's say let's say you want to go out somewhere go to work and then you you tell the car to warm up from your phone or something like that it starts to warm up um, and then it can actually drive itself out of the garage close the garage door, lock it down, and then um, it can get itself on the road, set the internal temperature <laughs> to whatever the climate is so that you're comfortable, and then display the route, the, the the quickest route to work given the current traffic conditions.
1: Don't you find that just a tad bit scary? Oh, I mean, it gets
0: worse, Anthony, it gets it, worse. It, Then, while you're on the road, if you're stuck in traffic, you can program it to do other things while you're in traffic, while you can free yourself up to do other things while you're stuck in traffic. Then, on your way home, now, there's this, like, almost, like, Minority Report or, like, Star Trek bridge, like, um, semi-translucent glass display thing that's also in your home and it like tracks where you go or something like that and like it expects you to come home It tracks your appointments and so it can say oh it's going to uh I'll charge the car via um uh solar light um uh, and and uh sunlight uh, because you're not planning on going out and that's the most cost efficient way to do that and you say oh no I'm actually going to happy hour um I need to charge this as fast as possible so it'll charge it the faster way and I'll plug it, 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 um and um instead of uh solar the solar panels that are integrated and so then it'll actually not do that and then it'll park itself in the garage again instead of park so it parks itself outside first and then it realizes oh you're actually gonna go back out so then it parks itself in the garage again and all you have to do is plug it in because you're getting ready to go back out at night
1: okay now that's dumb if it's gonna park itself in the garage why can't it just have a thing that reaches out and grabs a charger and plugs it in
0: because then because then that would be the terminator
1: no but that see that's (laughs) what i mean i feel like these companies are going like so far but just barely far enough to the point where it's like, whoa. Because if it was, the you can tell the car, I'm going to charge via solar, and then it does, and then you're like, never mind, I'm going out. So it goes in by itself, and it closes the door, and it it's there. Then it just sits there, waiting for you to intervene. And I think that's kind of still an inconvenience.
0: It still, what do you mean it sits there? It sits where?
1: It sits in the garage, waiting for you to intervene to plug it in to get charged, you know?
0: Well, I mean, like, with an electric car, that's with a, a so-called dumb car you have to plug it in yourself anyway
1: well yeah but that's what i'm saying i'm like how much how much is it really saving you if you still got to go down there and you know
0: well i mean the, the, the thing it's not saving you and I, the thing that i don't think it'll ever save you is like the plugging in the idea is not the time it's not intended to save time for you plugging it in a charge the idea that what it's saving time for is like you can get out your car once you're in front of your house and it parks itself. You know what I mean? And you could set it to either park it on the street to get sunlight, um, you know, if you're home early enough. I don't know if moonlight works with it, but definitely sunlight to charge your car so that you don't have to, you know, do it off your grid and pay the money.
1: Well, well I'm just saying, going anyone, anyone with a driveway, this is basically useless because. If you have a driveway and it's connected to your garage, it's really only a matter of turning the car on and tapping the accelerator a little bit to get the car into the garage. You know, like that does not take,
0: dude. We're really talking about month. smart cars. Since since when was this about pointing out the lack of effort? We dude, we have <laughs> Listerine. Like Ellen DeGeneres had this joke. Using our mouths to suck on mints to make our breath fresh wasn't good enough. We had to make we had to make Listerine strips that melt on your tongue for you. The fuck. Yeah. Oh, and it gets worse. Now we have mist. Like 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 instead of hand sanitizer, we have mouth sanitizer. Yeah. So like, to to say that um it's just just as much effort or it's not that much effort for you to just pop a mint in your mouth or better yet just use a little bit of Listerine, well that that really doesn't speak to the fact that we didn't need this product to begin with you know. True, um,
1: I get what you're saying. I'm just like, <laughs> it it concerns me, and I love the idea of the the connected home and the smart appliances. But then the paranoid part of me is like, okay, what if a company were to decide, a company that sells these things were to decide, you know, we're going to just use all the information from these connected devices to do something nefarious? Because I know that this is crazy and that it, it doesn't seem that realistic that Google or Microsoft or Apple or Tesla or Nest, which is now owned by Google, I guess, that all these companies that are making these smart devices would like decide, you know what, let's take over the world, you know, like that's a major decision to make. And I it, it's just a little concerning that we have all these biometric devices, got to track your heart rate, track your sleep, track your, your blood pressure. There's a smart bra, apparently, that tracks your boobs. You got a <laughs> smart belt that tracks your like your beltness, I guess, your, your size. It's a smart um, ring, you know. You got smart rings, you've got smart cups like you saw at EndGadget Live, you've got smart earrings, smart tattoo patches that like check your blood sugar. You've got all these No, like seriously, yeah, there are there are contacts that are being developed by Google, I think, that are like that have cameras or something in there or they're way like
0: Stop. These are the kind of things.
1: Like seriously. So at what point do we just surrender all of our our biometric data? to big to big corporate and lose that one thing that makes us who we are. Like, you can't escape technology. You would think, okay, put put away the phone, put away the computer, go to sleep. But no, you've got that Fitbit on your wrist that's tracking your every heartbeat and your electromagnetic signals to make sure that you're getting good sleep. And if you toss and turn, it'll know about it and it'll tell you in the morning. <laughs>
0: That's a little Santa weird. Santa Claus is coming to town.
1: They <laughs> see you when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. <laughs> Literally, this is the world that we live in.
0: Um, you know, I think we've already we're already there, Anthony. And I'm I'm almost surprised that you said this because I feel like two years ago, sitting in your dorm room, you would have like said, "Oh, it's fine." You know what I mean? No, no,
1: no, no, no. I still say it's fine. I still today, even now, I still say it's fine because I love the benefits. of Of smart technology more so than I'm scared of the risks you know Mm. I'm just more aware of the risks and I feel like they're more viable now that I know more about the way that these things work I think it's reasonable to be concerned about it but I think overall you can't like until it gets to the point where you gain more by being malicious with that technology that's when we should be concerned right now It would benefit none of these companies at all to, like, try to do some nefarious world domination type stuff with this stuff. Because the moment they attempt to do it, they'll just lose business, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, And you know what? What what I'm more worried about is not that the technology is, so to say, um, out there. I don't know. Not out there. It's gonna exist. The technology is going to exist because these companies will develop it for really cool reasons. And what comes out of that is that it's it's really the government. Yeah, It's really that's, you know, they're I the ones... I was gonna
1: say, yeah. yeah, like
0: they're the ones who will take these this exa- They're doing a lot of R and D on their own, and mm-hmm. so you know, subpoenas and and that's and what I mean. So like that's gonna it's
1: mm-hmm. it's more like it's so cool like thank you Google, Microsoft, Apple, and Tesla and all these companies, Nvidia, like thank you for making these cool things that we can enjoy. But can you please take that responsibility and that trust that we give you as a consumer to not let the government decide, "Hey, you guys have access to all this really personal stuff. Let's just take it." You know? Like that that's all that's the where the real concern lies in that now that the information and the data is out there, who like the people who can use it the bad people who would use it you can't let them do it you know
0: well you know i mean and you talk about within the system if you want to go down this path which which is why i think we invented this podcast you know because our conversations tend to go these ways that we don't anticipate um but if you think about um terror and the climate of terror now I'm not saying we shouldn't protect ourselves. I'm not saying people, period, shouldn't protect themselves against people who wish to do them harm. Um, But if all they have to do is say it's in this, we want this information. We don't have to have a warrant for it. We don't have to subpoena you to court to testify for it. We just want it. Mm -hmm. And Congress passes a law that says, yeah, they can do that as long as they, you know, you know, cry tear instead of cry wolf. And I say cry wolf, you know, because the government's done that before it's, Supreme Court case as early back as the 50s that the government said national security is an issue. We can't reveal documents when really there was no security issue at all by the time the Supreme Court got to review the case. Um, and so, yeah, if all they have to do is do that, um, then that's fundamentally a problem. You know, you can get my library records, my BMW track where I've been going. and You know, you look at Law & Order and, like, those episodes, like, all of a sudden, it's like, as soon as you get arrested, as soon as you're a suspect, everything is game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that, to some extent, you know, that makes sense to me. Like, you know, if I'm on trial for, you know, robbing somebody, yeah, okay, what's his GPS data? Where was he driving? And it tracks how far and how fast you were driving to see, you know, where I was going, was I in a rush, was I not in a rush? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Analyzing my psychology, that's That makes sense. But the line becomes, you know, becomes very blurred um, because, you know, governments and or just, you know, entities that are malicious, however you want to define them, um, have not so great track records when it comes to handling uh, data. You know,
1: you know, speaking of things that are fundamentally a problem, and I know this isn't immediately related to CES. However. Well, it might be, actually. Yeah, I mean, it is. But speaking of things that are fundamentally a problem, we were talking about a lot of positive things, about CES, the different gizmos and gadgets and whizmos and wadgets and all kinds of things. One in particular that I have a problem with is a little device, you may or may not have heard of it, called the Oculus Rift. Uh oh now, I know, we it had to eventually get here, because everyone's been weighing in, and usually when it comes to controversies, or pseudo-controversies, I say that in air quotes, because I think a lot of these things, people just, gamers in particular, tend to get up in arms about every single thing that's, like, mildly inconvenient. Um,
0: <laughs> but so true.
1: It is true, and usually I just decide not to weigh in on it, because it's just, each side has valid points, and there's really no way of sussing out what's... What's true because there really isn't anything true about it it's just how invested you are but in particular I think this is a legitimate problem because um, so if, if you're unaware of, of the the news so the oculus rift went on pre-order on last Wednesday um, for $600 now they hadn't announced the price up until the day that the pre-orders launched which I think from a business perspective is really stupid like you had people waiting to drop their money after rumors of the thing being, you know, in the 350 to 400 something dollar range. People were waiting, lining up online, getting ready to drop their money, and then they, they see the price and they're like, well, I guess I'm not getting it now. Like, So had they actually been forthcoming with information, I think that would have alleviated a lot of the issues. But yeah. fundamentally, I think this is a problem, not because it's too expensive for what you get. But because VR is currently in its infancy, there's no real compelling reason to get the Oculus Rift. Like $600, you get a couple free games, a controller, a camera thing. But what are you actually going to do with it, you know? There's really nothing yet. There's no compelling uh, VR games to get aside from the ones that they give you. And $600 is a big investment to make into something that we don't know about yet. And another problem is the fact that the people who pre- who supported on Kickstarter were talking about over 60,000 development kit units that people got for $350, and they're getting the retail version for free. You know? That's 60,000 Oculus Rifts that are being given out for free. And I feel as though the price is reflective of the fact that they decided to make that generous move. Because I feel as though if they didn't do that, they could afford to take the price down and take a little bit more of a hit on it by selling it to everyone at a reduced cost as opposed to favoring the ones who backed the development kit um early
0: well well um i've I've listened to a couple of videos on this um and I think that that that's that's a good that's part of it I think that's part of it um There's a couple of things that you haven't um, fully mentioned um, that I think a lot of people sort of like get bogged down to in other reasons. For other reasons, um, you know, it includes some gear that people don't think is necessary. Now, for example, they have the Xbox One controller in there. As someone who has a powerful PC um, and doesn't have an Xbox One, I see some benefit to that just by mm-hmm. virtue of the fact that i could use the controller no like um, i
1: get that because because i have two xbox one controllers because i have an xbox one but hey i i would i wouldn't mind having a third one you know you know that's that's i don't i i disagree with the people who say they should have unbundled it because i don't think that's well, well cost?
0: i do agree that they could have been more forthright in terms of like you know this thing can be controlled by controller or by touch input, and if that touch input was ready, then they should, you know, say that here are the few games that use this, here are the few games that use the controller, and here are the games that use both, here are the games that need both, and so depending on what you're gonna play, here's what your options are. So I think it was a there's an easy way, an easier way, they could have done that outside of the bundle for people who just wanted to upgrade their Oculus Rift set. Let's say that, you know, um, or something like that, you know, down the line or something, um, you know, and just wanted to set without anything else, because there there might be a reason. I would tell you that. I mean, even though a lot of the backers are getting the the updated uh, retail version, um, you know, they, I think they they could have had different SKUs or bundles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could have, you know. I I think it's just so easy in that they could have cleared up the the whole you know issue with controllers and or input. Devices by and, doing and, that,
1: and and to be fair to Oculus as a company, the CEO did issue like a mea culpa. So it's not. I'm not saying this from like a perspective criticizing the Oculus Rift as a product or criticizing the company. I'm just saying, it was unfortunate that this happened. I I'm still interested in the Oculus Rift. Like I'm interested in VR. I'm interested in the company. It's just I'm gonna wait. You know.
0: Yeah. Um. But there's a couple other interesting things about the Oculus Rift and this whole controversy. Um. So you have this product, the bundle comes out. I actually do like ultimately that they included those products, those additional products. And here's why. Um, I forget his name, but this YouTuber made a really good point. They need to they wanna they don't want any input um variants in this very new device. And I think it was Boogie two nine eighty eight who said yep. this. Um yep. You really, you know, want as a new product to make sure that everybody has a controller, everybody has the touch inputs or the remote or whatever the case may be, because then you're going to out the gate have such fragmentation in your early adopters that are not, you know, the Kickstarter adopters. And that's going to be a problem um, if that, if you don't have those bundled in, kind of like what the Xbox One did with the Kinect, but the Kinect was such such a not so compelling device that they eventually had to do it because... It wasn't a control scheme that developers necessarily needed to use for their core you know, user experience. The Oculus Rift depends a lot on either controller or that little remote or whatever the other devices are in there that they have bundled with the main set. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for developers to have a guarantee that each kit will have this in it. Um, and that they don't have to worry about their users not having it or not going out to Walmart to get that extra controller. And I feel like they're going to get into a position where a person pays the 350 bucks for the set, just for the the Oculus Rift's headset. And then they realize, oh, I need a fucking controller. And if they have an Xbox One, well, kudos to them. If they don't, then it's like, I got to run back to that Walmart. I have to get that again. And if they download a different game that's not optimized to use the controller, but is used the other thing that's kinda like the detachable Samsung VR touchpad. It's like, well I gotta get that too. You know what I mean? So I actually like that it's in one bundle from the consumer's perspective who could possibly get irritated down the line that they have to force to pay up. Um and uh developers who can guarantee that their user base has that. Um the other thing that I note and that he noted and a lot of people notice that the 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 screen in the Oculus Rift is leaps and bounds better than the one in the dev kit. The dev kit had a 1080p screen. You saw, either were issues with it. I'm not have, sure. Was have it...
1: people demoed the consumer version of it?
0: People have used it, and I mean, and, and it's in the spec sheet. Like it uses a well, Samsung panel. Well, I mean, a, a spec
1: sheet, a spec sheet's not going to give you the real deal. Because another one of the problems, the reasons I'm not immediately going to get one is because I get motion sick very easily, and I, you know, that has been a problem with the Oculus. Since the very beginning and things like that, that you can't really experience by looking at a spec sheet.
0: Yeah, well, for sure. But I'm talking about just general, like, just like the science of optics of the human eye and PPI and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you're going to have a more immersive experience in VR. And I've I've even used VR um, on a couple of sets, some that use 1080p and some that use a Galaxy Note device that's Quad HD, And I could tell the difference, and I'm not necessarily—I wasn't necessarily doing a bunch of active, active things, but I wasn't also getting motion sickness at that moment. I mean, the HTC Vive, you know, is one that where you have more movement involved, whereas the Oculus Rift may may have you be in a more stationary capacity. Um, But I think the point—my my my point is that if you're talking about this controversy as to like the price of the Oculus Rift, that screen, and and and, um, at least at least know that you know, boogie two ninety eight two twenty nine eighty eight. Definitely attested to the poor quality of the screen and the dev kit as compared to, a, you know, generally speaking, really good Samsung panels that we can rely on. Um, obviously, the Oculus Rift is not shipping yet, um, the retail version, but you can count on that being a better experience. And if you compare it to a Quad HD phone experiences that you find on something like the VR, uh, the Samsung VR, that stands to it stands to reason very strongly that that experience is going to be much better and so i think and he hypothesizes that uh oculus rift really wanted to ensure that um that they had the best possible experience up front um and were willing to you know mess with the press a little bit to make make that a reality because those panels are just coming out of samsung apparently um and that might not be accurate but uh, precisely accurate, but those those panels are pricey and they're more expensive and more up to date than the counter the ten eighty P counterparts and the dev kits. So, you know, that I mean you still have the computer controversy, which is not really much of a controversy. You need to have a seventy AM nine a nine seventy graphics card or something comparable for AMD or better to run this thing and people who wanna adopt the Oculus Rift will have to take that into account. And I mean we-
1: so, so this 100% is not a controversy, because the people who are looking at the Oculus Rift... I'm actually kind of passionate about this argument, because I just don't get it. The people who want the Oculus Rift, in general, and yes, I'm making a generalization, which might be a little hasty, but I think it can hold. it, it can hold its own. People in general who are interested in the Oculus Rift are people who play video games, people who have computers that are reasonably capable of playing video games. What the spec requirements are not that like intense. My computer from 2013, the summer I built my computer like two, almost three years ago. Um, it aside from the GPU, nothing about my PC is incapable of handling an Oculus Rift. All I would need to do is upgrade my GPU, which is due for an upgrade in, anyway. Really,
0: I mean that is a generalization, of Anthony. And I, I, I know, I, I
1: know. He- well, I know it's a generalization, but I'm saying like. If you have a laptop, even if it's a high-end gaming laptop, right off the bat, you shouldn't have expected to be able to use the Oculus Rift.
0: You should um, Of course you should be able to use the Oculus Rift, but I'm not...
1: No, but because they said specifically that laptops are not the kind of things that are, based on their hardware, not capable of, of like... It's not that the hardware isn't powerful enough, it's just that the way that mobile GPUs are, and stuff are implemented makes it difficult for them to hook up the Oculus Rift to it you know yeah
0: i mean i i got you on that i guess my my point is that the oculus rift is something for better or worse that appeals to the masses because it's just so freaking cool and the masses aren't the pc master race you dig i
1: know but the the thing is what it, what is i don't get why people keep saying it appeals to the masses because i don't see I haven't seen anything about it. I mean that appeals to anyone outside of the gaming like
0: I, I'm talking about a very basic idea of if you tell somebody about a VR that like that like let's say half people that you talk to are interested in it, even that half of people may not necessarily be somebody who either bought a custom PC or built one themselves.
1: Well the people well, my whole point, I get what you're saying, but here here let me articulate it a little differently. The generalization I made is meant specifically to illustrate that the people who are seriously considering purchasing an oculus rift were not the people who like have a macbook air like that's there is i i i I find it highly suspect that there is some sort of significant cross-section of people who were ready day one to buy an oculus rift that also didn't have a computer capable of supporting it. It just doesn't make sense because yeah, everyone's interested in VR from a general perspective. My mother is interested in VR because it's cool. It's it's cool tech. But being interested in VR and being interested in purchasing an Oculus Rift is two they're two separate ideas. And I think that you'll you'll be hard pressed to find people without the appropriate hardware for an Oculus Rift who are legitimately going to buy one. So yeah. I don't think this this news like Put put anyone off from buying one because the people who were going to buy one anyway already had the hardware capable.
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. It is sound. Um, I, let me let me rearticulate uh, what I was trying to say. Um, it's it's adding not insult to injury, but it's it's making it an even harder sell to make it a mass appeal, and it's not meant to be mass appeal. And I get that. I get exactly what you just said. But what I'm what I'm getting at is like if you start to explain what you need to make an oculus rift work you know and and somebody's like oh okay um i need to buy the headset oh, i need to buy this kit it comes with other stuff that's 600 bucks okay maybe it's like the ps3 i I could do that you know oh wait i need a computer oh i have a laptop or I have some you know old desktop i got from best buy it needs to have what oh you need google that oh it needs this graphics card thing in there Well, how much does that cost oh at least it's a solid 300 and change So this is like, you know, a 128 gigabyte iPod, you know, or, I mean, um, iPhone or something like that. That's something even harder to swallow. And so for I think what it is is that, like, it's just another layer. And I'm not saying it stands alone. I shouldn't have used the word big controversy, Um, even though I will say that people who were lining up for um, the Oculus Rift do see that as just something who, who are still, like, in their rage talking about that fact as well that i brought up um but it's not the 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 main argument it's like almost like a policy argument if you will that's but i mean yeah that's that's
1: issue. that was what i mean when i said earlier that people in particular in the gaming sort of app environment they tend to to get all worked up about something that isn't really a big deal and they make it a big deal it's
0: like that's because just they want
1: they want other people to 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 be feel upset about it despite the fact that they themselves have no real reason to feel upset about it you know yeah yeah. like they want to make a big deal out of it but they know that at the end of the day it either doesn't affect them or that they're going to continue you know doing or they're going to continue buying into whatever it is that they say is a problem you know
0: yeah um the the main controversy that i do have for this before we move off of oculus rift um is that you know i think Oculus was trying to be very open when they first started it, and I'm not sure if they were on Kickstarter before they were at Facebook. I really hope they do, were, um, because they were Kickstarter, I believe. If I'm if I have that correct, um, mm-hmm. and they got a bunch of money, a lot of dev mm-hmm. kits were out, and then Facebook bought them, and so Facebook definitely has the R and D funds to do what Kickstarter it made their Kickstarting, you know, ambitions, not necessary. I mean it. it it definitely helped and I'm sure it I mean, was, yeah,
1: getting like a billion dollars is, is a lot more than a handful of million.
0: You know what I mean? You know, so like uh, and then they, you know Oculus Rift when they were on their own was in a position to say that they're, they'd are they be able to tie in an open way in terms of getting games and now Facebook, you're going to have to go through their proprietary stuff, which unless you're Steam which is like a, 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 a like the token the token person at the dinner table of gamers, you know d r m and like all that type of stuff is you're hard pressed to find somebody to defend that, you know, and so I think a lot of people will be upset with that too. I can almost see people who i and i i'm gonna call it, why not? There're gonna be games that are out now or that are coming out soon, and through the release of oculus rift and there and people will hope and and even their steam game will download drivers when the developers support vr right and then facebook is going to force you to buy a separate copy of that game through their system bet you really uh, why not why would not like, uh, why wouldn't I, facebook want to do some or like a big company because because facebook is not the,
1: the leadership is not unintelligent Gamers are well, not. Are be they tri- not greedy? Being greedy Every company at some level is greedy um, yeah. Steam is or valve is an example of a company that's greedy But the thing is people are tolerant of it because they know when to draw the line, you know, and It's been widely shown again and again that you don't piss off the gamer like mass because that hive mind is you can't penetrate it with any sort of logic Even if what you're doing isn't malicious, malicious, you can't penetrate that hive mind with logic because they'll just ignore it and continue to rage in a circle jerk of, you know, opinions. Circle jerk? Yeah, so it's really just in the best interest of any company who's trying to appeal to that market to not rock the boat. That can be problematic, as we've seen with things um promoting diversity in games and stuff like that it can be problematic and the companies who choose to do that in the name of something good more power to them but it's just suicide to try to maliciously exploit uh the gaming hive mind because people don't people will not stand for it they just don't
0: i mean maybe but then you have call of duty and star wars battlefront
1: which were both call of duty was a fan this year's or last year's was a fantastic game from what I've heard. Like, yeah, but it, I'm
0: talking about like all this season pass nonsense that the gaming community seems to be split. You have like total biscuit in one corner, you know what I mean? And like Jeremy Johns won't even buy, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, and then you have, you know they they keep coming out with this model for a reason. And, well, like-
1: they come out with the model because I, 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 I to I get what you're saying, but just because the company is going to continue to come out with that model, that does not mean we have to support that model. It means some people do. But enough
0: people to make enough people that made EA and continue to make EA, which has been voted twice in a row at one point as the worst company of all companies um, to keep making enough profit to keep perpetuating the system. And so it's almost like we are honorable dissenters.
1: But I do think that it's, it's, um, it's more about making enough outrage so that they learn to use it responsibly because there are companies that that understand how people hate the certain implementations of of microtransactions and i don't hate microtransactions i think it's a viable way of making a game it helps make games cheaper for people better updates more updates so that you know the person who can't afford to spend 60 to something dollars on a game can get maybe a 40 dollars game that's feature complete but it also has dlc and add-ons and things like that um this is a weird tangent from ces let me just point that out i don't know how we got here but i do think um going back to the, the oculus controversy if you want to call it that and i hate calling it that i'm i'm waiting to see the affordable vr because for gaming i'm not sold but for other applications i think vr would be really cool and for the applications that i personally want to use vr for i don't need a 600 dollars set i would do with something cheap that sort of gets the job done like And what? that's what like I'm... What,
0: like what context like what well what, what use? so
1: so for me specifically um a couple of years ago i discovered uh something called asmr which is autonomic sensory meridian response which is uh, to put it bluntly It's like a tingling feeling in your brain that is stimulated by a variety of different things and people produce videos meant to trigger those responses and i use that to help me get over my insomnia because throughout the last two years of high school i just was getting like maybe two hours of sleep every single night um for like two years straight and i could not kick it so i use this to help me get sleep so now i watch those videos with my headset on you know i'm going to sleep the problem is like you know, when you're trying to watch a video and you're laying down, you either use your phone, which you hold your arms up and then that kind of gets old and it's difficult to get relaxed and sleepy, or you have something next to you like a computer, a laptop, a tablet, and then you're turned to it, at which point eventually you'll have to turn away from it so you can fall asleep. So a lot of um, content creators who make ASMR videos have been dabbling in 360 videos and VR videos, which makes the most sense. You can lay down, you know just like you're about to go to sleep and you can have this headset on so that you're watching the 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 video and you've got it's just more of an immersive experience and that is the kind of thing that I think would be very useful to it just in my everyday life.
0: Yeah, um, um, Oculus
1: I like Oculus I wouldn't really use
0: every day. Yeah. Um I yeah. Um that's really cool. I I think what you're getting at partly i wish there was an open source samsung vr yeah you know what i mean something that worked on you know at least ios and android across the board um platforms you know i because i tested you know a couple vr sets when i was at engadget live um 2015 and there's some (laughs) content that was really (laughs) awesome what
1: the way you said that it was like you were trying to plot like uh, you know, I tested it at Engadget Live 2015. Check it out on <laughs> in dev. News or well, on YouTube yeah. at in dev News. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, It won't hurt I mean, any.
1: <laughs> you can check it out there if you feel so inclined.
0: If you do feel so inclined. Um, no, but yeah, I, I definitely checked it out. And, and I was captivated by a short film that somebody shot on 360 VR, Um And I wanted to watch it again, you know what I mean? And, like, just so many things for advocacy and, and like, you know, like, like, you know, there are people who are even doing a lot of controversial stuff, like, possibly being, like, like, I could see stuff, like, going through a slave experience. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, HTC Vive would do that, because you have a lot of movement involved. Oh, yeah. Imagine, like, a demo, and this sounds, you know, tear-jerking almost, like a demo where, like, you were you had the Vive on, which you know also does motion. We and, and would re- require a desktop for this too, but you, I could, I could see something where like you have an active headset, and you're on a set or something like that, and like you know you, you use a Samsung device or a cell phone for this, and you know you had to like go through a safe experience, and people had to guide you around the room, and my guide, I mean, you know, be your overseers, like in the middle passage or something. That would be you know what i mean and people mm-hmm. are even talking about that in terms of like sexual harassment and and, and worse um but there's also see, like you know i don't
1: really see how that i hate i i mean i shouldn't say hate i get how powerful that could be but that bothers me like why why do we gotta why do we have to like because try to experience the pain because of other people?
0: because of because of what the very thing that's in your stomach and your brain and your heart that told you that you don't want to do that is the, the very reason why because without and, and and i see where you're going at because it almost wants to throw in the face and cheapen and only drag yeah, out that's the, that's what the, makes that's how i horror. feel. and I, I'm, I'm by no means am actively advocating especially in that category of you know you know things and things like that have been um proposed and done outside of vr
1: i know i know that Um, you i'm just considering your perspective because i've i've heard you talk about things related to that arena of topic and i i feel like that'd be the kind of thing you would maybe advocate maybe if not on the podcast but you would tell me like yo this is a thing
0: yeah i mean i i would i would i would i would i would i would only do so if like utmost respect was involved but i do think that like the level and this is, we'll come to an end after this um, and get back to CES. But like in terms of, and we'll we'll have to add Oculus Rift to the title because we spent quite a bit of time talking about it. Yeah. Um, which is okay because you know that's how podcasts can work sometimes, you know. Uh, but my my point being is that you know, radical change and radical perspective and paradigm shifts often requires radical strategy. And I think there's a way that you can do these sort of lived experience type things, um that also is delicate and respectful and like and done in so in a way that the people who try to gain that perspective through that medium um is well aware of what they're getting themselves into. Um and so yeah.
1: I mean I, I I totally agree with you. I'm just, my only gut reaction was that is a BuzzFeed video waiting to happen.
0: You know? Yeah, it is. And <laughs> I think, I think that's partly the point, you know, um, because so many, we take for, we take it for granted. You know, it's the thing that makes you, like, you know, the Al Zero videos that make you continue to scroll because it's uncomfortable. You know, because it's, It's a fraction of what actual different types of victims and different types of victimization go through around the world um, and for various reasons. Um, We could continue and we could start talking about communicative reason, philosophical, (laughs) from Habermas or... Talk about some Richard rorty human rights yeah, philosophy. y'all but, don't want
1: us to get into philosophy.
0: Oh, we're gonna do that. We have to do that at some point because VR and the possibility of shared human empathy is. I know. Oh, and I oh, know. you want to get into experience? Does it even matter? Because Berkeley <laughs> says no, but fitness yeah, says I mean, maybe. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just gonna own. say. <laughs> um, but let's get back to CES. Um. I think that VR is cool. I think the Oculus Rift thing will, you know, be fine. Um, and I'm just going to start just throwing out things that I thought were cool. How about that? Cool. Um, the The power supply that you can run two computers off of it, two PCs That's off cool. of it. That's cool. Yep. Okay. The variety from Asus and Razer, and this might be something we disagree on, the Ultrabooks that you can plug in with, like, a graphics card, like, enclosure that you can plug it into yep.
1: that's cool but it's unnecessary keep going
0: of course i mean
1: speed round let's do it speed,
0: speed round okay <laughs> asus zen phone zoom camera
1: don't know what it is but it Zenfone. sounds like a camera with a with a, or a cell phone with, with optical but, zoom yeah oh that that's cool but also a little bit unnecessary but so cool. with really? the
0: 1020
1: well yeah i was just gonna say really cool I'll, along the lines of the 1020 so many
0: know. things that ces are unnecessary yeah
1: <laughs> It's true, though.
0: Samsung modular displays.
1: Modular in what way?
0: Uh, the things move, and like they, um, there was one display where like they have two monitors, a monitor that came together and um, at like sixteen by nine or twenty one by nine, and then it would split apart. And obviously, they were displaying custom content, but it would move apart, and like when it came together, it was seamless. It, there was there was there was okay. no partition.
1: Super
0: cool, and I want that. <laughs> Super cool, and I want that. Um, earbuds that you put in your ears that introduce white noise and that people could scream with you, scream at you. You were on the floor at CES, and you couldn't hear it, and you would faci- facilitate sleep.
1: I need that. Super <laughs> cool.
0: <laughs> and you use a smartwatch and you use a smartphone, excuse me, to upload different sounds to it, um, and it lasts all night. Oh, that, yeah.
1: that. That I I want that. That's certainly. <laughs>
0: yeah, me too actually. Hoverboards that don't explode.
1: All, always good. It's always good to have a non-exploding hoverboard.
0: Yes. Uh, what about $50,000 headphones?
1: From... That's obnoxious. I saw I saw the Linus Tech Tips video. I didn't watch it, but I saw that I don't know what could possibly be in those headphones, but
0: well, no. it's the headphones, and I think it's part experience. I mean, you're paying for like twenty thousand dollars of marble, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, you know, no. the, and the amplifiers and all that stuff, which takes time no. to warm up. But it's not, yeah, uh, no, cool, but overpriced. Cool, but no, yeah, yeah. Um, the the uh, Corsair, I believe it's Corsair, no, Seagate's one terabyte, fourteen hundred dollar uh external drive that's really just i think not PCI but m.2 raid arrayed uh ssd with a magnetic case and an aluminum body for your aesthetic pleasure
1: That is cool. I could not see how someone could really use that. Like, well, I don't know what you'd use that for. Like Interesting. I'll say cool, but very specific use case.
0: Backlit LEDs, LEDs Fans on 980Ti's.
1: Cool, flashy, but superfluous.
0: You know you would put that in your rig.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's unnecessary.
0: Star Wars Force Awakens laptop.
1: I didn't see that, but I hate that because it's once again Disney... <laughs> You don't want to get me started on the Force Awakens. It's the commercialization of the things that people love, that we've loved forever, and I hate it. It bothers me. It's the most stupid thing ever. I do – I want a BB-8 droid thing, like, secretly.
0: Because it's
1: BB-8. But I hate – I hate everything about that. Okay. The movie was bothered me. Disney's bothering me. Okay. I'm upset.
0: You need to shut your face right now before we make this podcast three hours long.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll save that. We'll, well save. We,
0: we're, oh, that's the next podcast, my yeah, friend.
1: Yeah, because there's so much there. I haven't gotten a chance to really get my feelings out about the movie and everything.
0: Ooh, huh. you know what? Okay, no, we're doing this next podcast. No, I'm we- calling it now.
1: Yep. Yep. We have
0: to Star Wars. Fo- the other, the other in-depth podcast mm-hmm. on Star Wars: Force Awakens as a as a thing. Oh, It'll be this the is dark be side of of
1: the, dar- the, oh, the, the so-called dark podcast. side. Well,
0: we have to have balance, and I'm gonna bring that balance, you Sith bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, MSI's Vortex Mac Pro computer with um M.2 SSDs, 980 desktop, 980 uh 90s and SLI. Yo, and that
1: too is fast.
0: And that too is stupid fast. Yeah. Um gun control uh, gun safety technology, fingerprint, fingerprint um handgun trigger? security.
1: Is it like on the trigger?
0: It's on the. It's like an attachment on the device that the, the gun uh-huh. plugs into it, and then you don't even use the app, so it, it, uh-huh. it eliminates that. Like, you can program the device and, like, a master user. I
1: think it would be, we're going to get to a point where they have a fingerprint scanner on the actual trigger, and you can't shoot the gun unless it, it scans it right.
0: That would be, be really cool. good, yeah.
1: And it'll keep cops accountable for the things, because it can register when it's activated and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Boom. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the likes, and Twitter. See you next time.
1: there's no way you could live only being able to answer yes or no questions
0: i'd make it work it's
1: impossible try me it's like oh donald what do you want for dinner there you go what are you gonna say
0: okay that plus pointing
1: (laughs) (laughs) but what if what if it's abstract what if the thing is not in the room what if you're going to a restaurant
0: going to the restaurant Mm -hmm. i can point to the menu
1: no, but what if you're not even at the restaurant? You have to choose a restaurant before you even leave the house.
0: I pantomime it. <laughs> <laughs> I just make, like, the invisible lines in the air with my finger. I make, like, the logos. Oh, my God, I'll communicate exclusively through logos. Like, the Shack Shake Shack symbol. With my,
1: I mean, I guess that would work.
0: You know. Or if I could just do zeros and ones, I'd just do Morse code, like, the SOS, right?
1: that would take forever you might as well just get a pen and paper and write like give up you know
0: i mean that really is sos the light yeah